Time for the good stuff on a Tuesday morning. This is not Brent Endicu. Do not adjust your radio. No need to change any channels. It's uh, Andrew and Jason standing in for Brent today. He couldn't be here. Got something huge going down, and uh, as all good news needs to spread, Brent needs to get out there and do some stuff. So we're standing in for him. Morning, Jace. How's it going? What a beautiful intro, Andrew. Good news. Thank you very much. <laughs> My best Elvis voice. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, good to be back on the good stuff as always. Cool, so the format's going to stay pretty much the same, even though uh, the voices may change. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us at cliffcentral.com, on Instagram, Facebook, WeChat, Smoke Signal, Pigeon, or even on our own Twitter accounts. What's yours? Uh, Jason M. Greer. What's yours? Jason M. Greer. Yeah. Well, so, Jason Greer was taken. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what am I? I'm Mad Dog SA, so. Ah, uh, good, okay. Mad Dog underscore SA. I've got to ask you just quickly, where did you get that Twitter handle from? I know you told me before. Mad Dog's an old standing school name of mine, literally from high school. And oh. uh, it's just never changed. And when I registered for Twitter, when it was still uncool to be on Twitter, I had no idea what the thing was going to do. Uh, I use Mad Dog, and I've kept on using Mad Dog, and it's a bit random. But, hey, it's still there, and it works. Exactly. And people know you now. Yeah. All, all right. So lots of good stuff to look forward to. And uh, in a normal style, we're going to have a look at the month of March, pretty much kicking off. Uh, this particular show, and uh, I wanted to chat entertainment first of all, Jess. Mm. So, I mean, it's a it's a big it's a big time of year for movie releases. We've just had the Oscars as well, and uh, we got a couple of big releases coming up mm-hmm. in March from, mm-hmm. a, from an entertainment perspective. Yeah, what have you got on the radar? Um, well, one of the the big ones that people are talking about is from South African director Neil Blomkamp. We've obviously got Chappie that uh, people some people are looking forward to. I've seen the trailer. I'm not so looking forward to it, but uh, does he call it? Can I ask a question? Does he actually? I know that we South Africans we tend to claim people that do great things. Mm. Uh, who was the well, cyclist? Um, Lance Armstrong? No, no, <laughs> not not Lance Armstrong. <laughs> Who's the guy that won Tour de France uh, last year? Chris Broom. Yes, Chris, is it Chris he's, Broom? But he's British. Well, he, he was born in South Africa a hundred million years ago. Uh, and like, no, 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 no. Okay, he's British. But Neil Blomkamp went to high school in Joburg. He's still got a South African accent. He is South African. But he's not. He's he worked in Canada. He basically left and crafted his skills in Canada. Once leaving high school in South Africa, do you know the, the Citroen ad with the car dancing? That's was him. His first big. Uh, commercial piece. Mm. Anyway, sorry, my point is I'm not sure we can claim <laughs> him as South African, but anyway, carry on. Yeah, so he's got a whole bunch of South African cast in the movie, including Brandon Lorette, um, Ninja, Yolandi from The uh, uh, Antwoord. The Antwoord, yeah. Um, and even Hugh Jackman has a bit of a role in, in Chappie Huge with a mullet. Huge, Huge what? Hugh Jackman. Huge Jackman. Um, <laughs> uh, was, uh, sporting a mullet. And, uh, yeah, he's in the movie. It's all literally about this artificial intelligent cop that's kind of gone a bit uh, awry. And Ninja and Yolandi then kind of reform him. It is the most bizarre story, but uh, it's getting, I think, rave reviews overseas. I've read a lot of, um, I've read a lot of comment and I don't want to go into the Dianfurt stuff because mm. this is a good news show. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I've read quite a lot of comment around Neil Blomkamp being a one trick pony. Um, Being so what, sorry? A one-trick pony. Oh. So Elysium was technically the same story as um, District, Nine. District 9, and Chappie's essentially the same storyline. You can change the plot, change yeah. the characters, but the journey, the character journey is very similar. And there's a lot of there's a lot of talk in the fanboy space coming up around uh, the fact that he's about to direct an alien movie. It was announced yeah, last correct, week. Yeah. 
So, I mean, what's your take on what? What's it? The, yeah, it's, it's like literally the same sort of genre the whole time, isn't it? I mean, put him into um, a walk in the clouds with Keanu Reeves and Charlie's Tehran. Why don't you? Yeah. Is uh, that that's what he focuses on? Just like I suppose James Cameron, uh, not James Cameron. Um, who could we look at? That's a uh, quite a generic or it's quite a specific sort of director. Always takes off to certain roles. I don't know, Brett Ratner maybe. Mm. Um, got all the action hero stuff. So maybe that's his. That's what he does. That's what he. That's his forte. And that's what he enjoys making. And. People, I suppose, enjoy it still. He's very highly acclaimed as a technical director in terms of his ability to understand visual effects and things like that. He, uh, they reckon that if he didn't follow a career curve as a director, he would have ended up as one of the top special effects producers in Hollywood. Hmm. So there. I suppose you reckon there's more money in being a director. In fact, more fame as well. Yeah. Because friends of mine who knew him from high school, um, obviously Hollywood changes people, but I mean, more so him. Yeah. Even when I interviewed him when I was still doing All Access, interviewed him for District 9. Arrogant bugger, but I suppose maybe he's allowed to be. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think that's the nature of the beast. You're not going to get away from that when you're in an ego-driven world. Well, Shalto Copley still managed to stay humble. He's very lacquer. Is he? I like him. Yeah. Is Shalto in this one? Is Shalto? Oh, Shalto isn't in Chappie as well. So he's got a couple of regulars. He's got Shalto Copley. Well, they're best friends. Yeah, Brandon Orett. He's got correct. In fact, you know that's that's actually a really good news story. The whole Mm. the whole journey of. Of Shalto becoming um, the celebrity, so you know that you know that District Nine should never be made. That's the first point. Yeah. So pub quiz: What do Microsoft's video uh, game Halo and District Nine? Okay, well that's the thing. I mean, I understand it. So what's his face? Peter Jackson uh, saw the Halo thing that Neil Blomkamp did and said, "Right, I want to produce District Nine that you're going to be doing or did." No, I mean ha- like that. Halo was never made. So District. Oh, that's right. It was. So yes. Peter Jackson basically employed um, Neil Blomkamp. Shipped them across to Middle Earth. I mean, New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were working in pre-prod on Halo, the movie of the video game, mm. and it went into development hell. Hmm. And they had a they had they basically collapsed. Never going to make the movie. Mm. They had a year on their schedule for free. And Peter Jackson said, "Here's forty million dollars. I think it was. Go and make a movie. You that's, you've got no more money. Go and mm. make a movie." And um, hmm. uh, Neil Blomkamp showed Peter Jackson a three-minute short. That he'd shot as a student on the mine dumps in Joburg. Mm, and that was the, there we go. That was the premise of District Nine. Look at you. Look at me, hey? Who eh? knew? <laughs> I'm, I'm the new Barry Ronger. <laughs> 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 so, We're on radio, right? So, <laughs> um, but sorry. So my my point about my point about yes. that, Jason, <laughs> yes, was. Um, in his early days of working, Neil Blomkamp working pre-production in South Africa, mm. Shalter Copley employed him as a runner on a movie. Shalter Copley employed Neil Blomkamp? Yes. Oh, wow. Gave him his break in the industry. Oh, look at that. And 10 oh. years later, tides had turned. Now he's playing the king in yeah. Maleficent. Absolutely. Which was, I think, a terrible role for him. He should never have played it. But he did do a good Murdoch in the A-team and he... He did. He's good. Did do pretty well in Elysium as well. Yeah, he's good. He's good. So let's talk about uh, what else is coming up. Um, I know you, one of your favorites is coming up. Do you want Let It Go? Yeah. <laughs> Just let it go. Listen, I know that song backwards. Let it go. Anybody with kids knows it. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, so the songwriter that uh, wrote all the songs for Frozen has officially apologized to mothers around the world <laughs> for writing such, such earworm songs. Mm. Um, so Frozen, Disney's releasing Cinderella, number one, which is the big, which is coming out 10th of March, I think it is here. I think so. Um, I'll check the dates. I heard it. Um, so Cinderella's coming up in March, big release. 
um, big, glamorous, live-action, Disney-esque type movie. Mm. What I think is really cool, rather than the movie, because I saw the trailer and it's not really my cup of tea, mm. um, is that they've released a mini Frozen. Frozen, not Frozen 2, it's like Frozen 1.5. Yeah, yeah. It uh, celebrates someone's birthday? Yeah, um, it's it's probably just a teaser of the fact that they're currently making Frozen 2, Frozen 3, mm. Frozen 4, The Revenge, yeah, um, Frozen exactly. the Stage Show. And then by that stage, the character voices have changed, except for the one who's still holding on tight to the reins, hoping to make it big. You see, but the thing is, Frozen was really such a good movie, and I, I'd, I'd never watched it until like yesterday, properly from start to finish. I really enjoyed it, and I'm actually quite happy to have another Frozen, especially like the guy who who owns Wandering Oaken's Trading Post. You know that? Big summer blood. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, family. <laughs> that was brilliant. Not so. that I've seen the movie at all. And, of course, Olaf. Yeah, mm. Olaf. I think Frozen worked because it was a sleeper mm. hit. So I'm quite keen to see the little short animated short at the mm-hmm. only screening, big exclamation marks everywhere, mm-hmm. only screaming in the trailer reel <laughs> to um, to Cinderella. So yeah. that's coming up as well. Cool. Uh, what else we got coming up in March? Well, we've got uh, Get Hard starring uh, yeah I'm sitting down but you see that's why I went straight into it before you could even throw in so get We're not hard talking about 50 shades of gray come on <laughs> We're def- uh, we'll get back to get hard in a moment uh 50 shades of gray 2 weeks ago um I hosted the the, the girls night out in New Metro at Clearwater they had three cinemas all screening 50 shades of gray a uh, four cinemas sorry all screening 50 shades of gray the premiere each cinema completely full to capacity with screaming horny women how many men none Oh, well, except for the, the... Oh, hang on. It was Girls' Night Out, to be absolutely honest. Correct. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Girls' Night And um, the, the only men there were these uh, shirtless men or standing there so women could walk past and take photos and touch them and all the rest of it. It was disgusting. That's fantastic. So um, Nothing so th- like a bit of blatant sexual anarchy to kick off your movie going experience. It was just awful. And they were giving out booze. Drunk women are worse than drunk men. I will tell you that now. They are scary. Can you imagine what was going into that popcorn? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Have anyway. You, have you seen the movie, though? Have you seen Fifty no, Shades of Grey? No, I haven't. Gray? I'm not going to. Do you want to? No. Have you read the book? No. So my take on it is, and I haven't read the book or seen the movie, but my take on it is like bad, current, millennial Mills and Boone. All I do know uh, is that there are whips and chains involved. I know he's got like a sex room. I do know he's got a sex room. Mm. Are we really talking about this after Frozen? Okay. I know that he's got a sex room. <laughs> Olaf. Big, <laughs> big summer blowout. No, no, no. Wrong. Text. Blow up. Whole new context. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do know, I do know that 50 shades, I mean, I'm just looking at it now. $147 million at the box office cost less than 40 million to make. So hey, sex yeah, sells. Unknown actors. Yeah, exactly. Sex sells. Unknown mm. actors, no draw card. Um, but the potential of a whip and a chain mm. and you're making 150 million US dollars. And that's only, Domestic U.S. gross, eh? another 338 million around the world. Around the world, so it's sitting at it's sitting mm. at nearly 500 million dollars off a 40 million production budget already. That's good news for the studio. Well, well, absolutely. Well, it's been said that the guy who played the the main character, the gray character, um, apparently he might not be in the sequels due to his wife being all upset about the the uh, the, the wild sex scenes in the movie. Jamie Dornan. Yes, I him. saw him. I saw him on um, Graham Norton last night, and he is the most random. He looks. I've seen the interviews with him. He looks ridiculous, and he's, he's got he's got unassuming and this terrible Scottish accent. He talks like this, Graham. Oh, yeah, it was funny filming the movie, and I had to go and play with my whips. So, who did he get cast? Uh, blind casting directors, I believe. Oh, no, oh, I blind I casting. Think, I think they wanted nobody. I think mm. was the whole point. Mm. I think hmm. was the whole point. Okay, well. Away from Fifty Shades for a Mo, uh, get hard at the end of the, at the end of the month, uh, Will Ferrell and, um, 
cheap as his name just quickly gone completely out of my mind I don't know Get Hard um, uh, Will Ferrell and man we know him we know him who's in Get Hard that little black guy short black guy Chris Rock not Chris Rock no he's not short hang on I'll tell you now I'm going to check it out yeah. here very quickly so I saw the trailer and it kind of looks like Will Will is trying to get some sort of like street cred Kevin Hart Kevin Hart Jesus. you're welcome thank you um, and uh, he's trying to get some street cred and Kevin Hart then trying to teach him how to get hard yeah pretty much so I think he's going to jail actually yeah but it, know, it could no, be fun it's a, it's a Ethan Cohen movie so it's going to be good I mean it's going to be quite edgy at the very least so are both brothers involved or just him no just one according to IMDB hmm okay well that's cool that's good okay I didn't even know that was coming out I was looking more at Insurgent ah uh, Yes, okay, well, you can speak about that. I have no idea what that's about. Yeah, so, I mean, it's also, I think, 10th of March release as well. I, I'm a bit of a sci-fi nut, I've got to be honest. So it's um, uh, no huge names, to be honest. It's another sort of, I think it's going to be a bit of a sleeper hit, to be honest. It's with not you. Channing Tatum, is it? Um, Beatrice Pryor must confront her inner demons and continue mm. her fight against a powerful alliance that threatens to tear her society apart with the help of others from her side. Hmm. It's just sci-fi. It's good yeah. sci-fi. Escapism. I think I'm busy that night. No, it's good. We love sci-fi. I, I have a rule. If there are explosions, it's got Naomi Watson, Kate, Kate Winslet, by the way. Um, if there are explosions and aliens, I'm interested. I'm cool. Mm. I don't do chick flicks. I don't care much for aliens either. I don't mind the odd action, but certainly not chick flicks. All right. So what's what else is coming up in March? Oh, I wanted to ask you. Um, have you done, I mean, I get that consumerism is changing and people are moving along. And I'm really keen for your take on the way that movies are trying to up their valuing offering. To up their valuing offering. We know that people are competing. Disposable income's down. Uh, first port of call with disposable income is cell phones and lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. Proven fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so guys like Stoke and Igor are reinventing their product. I mean, it's not nothing new. New Metro have tried it over the years. I'm quite keen for your take on this concept of cinema prestige. With the big puffy seats and the lazy boys mm-hmm. and the bar um, service. You know, will it last? I don't know if it will. Look, I don't think, I think the movie industry as a whole has taken a knock, especially with the fact that you can download. Um, and with uh, video on demand these days, a lot, we're talking box office, I mean, mm-hmm. talking about Netflix, etc. Um, but brand new movies, unless it's some massive movie that people really want to go watch, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, because 3D was the big thing. Yeah, I mean, but not so much anymore. The advantage of 3D is that you couldn't stand in the back and film it with a camera, number mm. one. Um, so it sort of started, it, it definitely stopped the pipeline of, of piracy at the, uh, the, the, the back of the cinema mm. level. Does Prestige cost more, huh? Yeah, Prestige is quite a lot more. It's like mm. 70, 80 rand a ticket. No, I don't think it's going to work. Oh, well, I say that, but I haven't been to the cinema in, jeez, I can't tell you how many months. Yeah. I've got no idea. Actually, do you just what do you think? I think any value offering is good. I think point of differentiation for any product is important. Mm. Um, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that that trying to compete where accessibility, immediacy, and cost is the biggest single issue. I think affecting cinemas. Quite mm. frankly, um, why would someone take three hours out of the day to drive to Suriname mm. or Santon City mm. and park and pay? Uh, a fortune for mm. a watered-down Coke and pay a fortune for uh, popcorn. Yeah. I'm not sure that, that putting them into a better seat is going to solve the problem. I think mm. what you're doing is offering a better offering for people that are already converted to the concept of going to cinema. I mm. think I would rather see 
the Stokonicors and the New Metros of this world trying to pull in from the people that don't go to cinema. And I think that's a different value proposition altogether. Mm. Can you imagine having something like Stokonicor TV or New Metro TV? Where you buy a Sturkinical box or a new Metro box, you stick it into the stick it up to the internet and yeah. put it onto your TV, yeah. and next thing you've got mainstream uh, premiered movies coming straight through to your TVs. Yeah, or Sturkinical mobile. Why didn't you, well, you move the mountain to Muhammad? Why didn't you take the cinema to the people? So if mm. if your growth markets can come from townships, your growth markets come from. Um, you know, uh, urban air, peri-urban areas, pop-up cinema. Mm. Well, you know, talk about pop-up cinema. Uh, Lone Hill, this on the seventh of March, this Friday. Yeah, it's oh, is it? Oh, it's the word. It's the word that you've heard. Oh no, I also heard it was Top Gun. Actually, oh good, I don't mind either. Oh. I think we're going anyway. Yeah, I think we might be going. So, on the seventh of March at Lone Hill, they've got I think it's forty rand entry. Um, it's an open air cinema, pop-up cinema. Go there, watch a couple movies, and just interact with other people and just have fun, like what a drive-in used to be like. Yeah, dri- but driving was also a misnomer. I mean, I was born in England, and when I came to this country, one of the very first things that we did was we went to the driving, mm-hmm. and it was crap. Well, it f- was why it was I enjoyed it uncomfortable, and you couldn't see over the headrest in front of you, and there was a there was a because you didn't have a bucky boots to reverse and to put a mattress there and to there watch. A, there was a metal speaker with the sound quality of a tin cup that you, you used care, to hang it was onto. The, your... It was the experience, Andrew. That's what we miss about driving. The experience of sitting outdoors with your popcorn and your drink and watching a movie. If I want to watch a movie outdoors, I have an iPad. <laughs> Not 20 years ago. <laughs> All right, so lots of good things coming up in the, the entertainment world. What's happening live entertainment-wise? Have we got any big concerts coming up in March? Not that I know Just of. Just that I'll throw that at you. Do we? No. I, I hadn't Googled that yet, Andrew. One, no, I've got no idea. Have One Direction been and gone? Did One Direction, when are One have Direction they, here? Have they come yet? Oh, I don't care. No, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, all right, so we think that there are some concerts coming up in <laughs> March, possibly, and... Can all go along to the dome and wait outside and see if somebody rolls in with the stage. I think Michael Bublé is coming back again in March. Michael Bublé is coming back again in March. Michael yes. Bublé has been here. Michael Bublé has probably sung here. He should know the national anthem backwards. <laughs> Most probably. I love him. I haven't. I have yet to see him live. I'd like to see him live. Yeah, I think he's a really nice guy as well, which helps. Mm. Yeah. All right. So we're done with entertainment, I think, and we're going to have a little singy songy break. Uh, with some Maroon 5, and we're going to come back and chat about technology. All on the good stuff. <laughs> Cliffcentral.com Got to love some Maroon 5. It's uh, the Good News Network here yep. on Cliff Central. Sorry, Jay. Before we carry on, sorry, before we, we, we get to our guest uh, in studio, uh, that Maroon 5 music video, Sugar, apparently... Yeah. He just crashed weddings, and they managed to have cameras strategically placed um, at the right time, put up the stage. Uh, through the course of one day, they managed to get through all to these weddings without anybody knowing at any given time that they were going to be there at those weddings. Is that true? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, obviously, they'd prearranged it with other people, so they didn't walk into some random venue. But the bride and groom didn't know. So they'd arrange. Those were their real reactions. They were the real so reactions. So they had no idea when they suddenly see all, saw all these professional cameras suddenly coming in yeah. and they were okay with it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So very cool. All righty. Yeah. The magic of Hollywood. Thank you. All right. So Good News <laughs> Network here on Cliff Central. You can uh, talk to us on WeChat if you're listening through that or through Facebook, Instagram or the Twitter machine as well. We're listening to pretty much everything right now. Uh, or speak to Jason M. Greer. On Twitter or <laughs> MadDog underscore SA as well. So we'll uh, 
try and uh, get to you if we can. But most importantly, right now, we've got Blake Roberts in the studios with us. How are you doing, Blake? Very well in yourself, thanks. Awesome. Thank you. So I had to explain to Blake that neither of us are Brent, just to make sure <laughs> that he uh, didn't put himself into the embarrassing position of asking us about, like, neck nominations and stuff. Like yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> or calling you Brent. Yeah, well, listen, yeah. people have called me far worse. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. cool. For sure. Um, <laughs> so the Blake Roberts band, let's cut to the chase. So from Durban originally and yeah. uh, obviously moved up to the good old city of Joburg right now. That's it. Give us the quick version of how you got into the industry and um, why you moved to Joburg. Okay, in a nutshell, I'm, I'm not the usual case where guys talk about kind of growing up in the house with the music playing and that sort of thing. I was actually pursuing a, a sports career at school. That was my thing. Music was just a little hobby on the side. Which sport? Cricket. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then it got to a point, I played a year in, in England and then kind of set myself goals and I decided it's not going to happen if I'm not sure by there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, once I gave that up, I was like, what next? And music had always been in the background. So, yeah, I put out a single and the feedback was good. So, yeah, I enjoyed it and I just carried on pursuing it. And then a couple of years after I started that, I did an album and then I just felt I needed to move to either Joburg or Cape Town if I was going to try and mm-hmm. pursue this thing now. Where in and Durban are you from, sir? Um, actually, Pantown. Okay. Known as Crime Town. But yeah, yeah that's I'm from the hood, eh? It's like an eight mile story. <laughs> okay, I, I, I lived in Westville North, so I was okay. just over the hill. Probably. I was in Glenwood. Yeah. So there we all do. Okay, cool, man. Duncan, okay. were you in Durban at all? No, no you can't be Sorry, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that's the thing when you think about it. I mean, Durban is not really the, the hub yeah. of entertainment in this country. So, I think you made a good move coming up to Durban. Yeah. I um, mean, you found the competition to be fairly stiff for what uh, you want to do? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'll probably speak about it later, but when mm-hmm. I came up, the first album was kind of, I guess, like a pop rock adult contemporary. So it had, it had a bit of legs up here. Obviously, I was new to the scene, also trying to make contacts and figure things out. But I think recently, uh, the direction I'm going in is more, more of a singer songwriter. So in terms of a market, yeah, I think it's pretty difficult mm-hmm. to, yeah, sustain that. But I suppose mm-hmm. that's really interesting because, I mean, you wake up one morning and decide you're not going to be follow a professional sport career. You're going to go into music. And, I mean, I get that. Anyone that's ever been in the the creative industry understands that journey. Jason's done TV. I've done theater acting. Okay. We, we all get it. Yeah. Where do you marry the difference between what you want to do creatively and what works commercially? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a… Because it's great being an artist. For sure. But there's, for no, sure. there's nothing… I've got a friend of mine that's got a really good saying. There's nothing more motivational to change what you're doing than going home to a dinner of two-minute noodles. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So <laughs> you can do it for the art or you can do it for the mm. cash. And at the end of the day, rappers in America don't drive VW Polos. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know. So I hear you. I think I'm still kind of figuring that out myself. Uh, I don't know if there is a, uh, a formula. Otherwise, a lot of guys would have picked up on that. Mm. Um as I was saying, changing style, I think I'm in a place where I'm quite happy to make music, so kind of like you said, the art side. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm positive that there are avenues, especially with you know online overseas mm-hmm. avenues, there, there are ways to go about it. So I'm not, it's kind of like I'm at a place where I just want to write what I enjoy and I will plug all the avenues and keep doing that, but I'm not... Yeah, I'm not like all eggs in one basket. Uh, don't worry, mom, the band's going to make it. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that you're going to go online. I think that is so important, um, yeah. especially for an artist of your caliber in this country, trying to get out and trying to be seen. Um, going online, I mean, you see how many artists are being discovered online. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, even, uh, there were two, two artists that, uh, Gareth was managing, uh, and they were found online. Um, and they they blew up. I mean, it's, well, yeah, let's, exactly let's not forget that the show started with a track that Duncan picked, not me. I have to clarify. 
from Justin Bieber. Oh, well, there we go. Exactly. Found online. Bieber broke online. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, and that's what's nice about you get an international audience. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. So you got an online channel? I do. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty much the Black Rose Band on all online okay. avenues, all your social media. Yeah. The Black Rose Band, yeah. Okay, cool. How do you how do you handle as a musician and again I come from a creative angle, how do you handle criticism? How do you how do you how do you not care about somebody going onto Facebook and telling you that your song's crap? Yeah. Um I don't think you ever don't care. Um I would say for me personally I'm my own worst critic, so mm. if someone says something, I'm pretty honest with myself. If I think it's way off I disregard it quite easily, but yeah, there, there's a fine line when when guys do kind of touch on an area where you might be a little insecure, unsure, <laughs> and uh, you just got to address it, I guess. Be humble yeah. and look at it honestly. Well, I mean, it's the same question posed to you, Andrew. I mean, you were always told throughout your life that your acting was crap. Um, I mean, how does that work? How I changed that? career. <laughs> <laughs> I got a real job. You did a good Brent impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? <laughs> um, and tell me, just your take on. On the formal music industry, so in South Africa as an example, so I mean, a company I work for, uh, Hava Sports Entertainment, we've actually got a formal alliance to Universal Music. In fact, I'm seeing Randall next week. Send him my Shameless name drop. No, the point, <laughs> my question is more around the relationship between artists and uh, record labels. I mean, there's obviously the very famous fallout of Jared Leto, where he literally was contracted to Sony, I think it was, I stand corrected, yeah. and literally refused to make his final album on contract because they were broke. They were just doing all the work and getting none of the money and oh, okay. that whole vibe. So I'm just curious, what are you have you have you been down that road? Have you as a as a musician, have yeah. you experienced um, any of the mm, angst of trying to get publishers to listen to you? Yeah, I I can't speak from from experience of, of having signed with labels, but I've been in the space obviously approaching labels and mates in the industry as well. I think it swings both ways. I still hear about those sorts of things, even locally. Um, I'm not going to mention <laughs> names. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's very wise. Career limiting. Yeah, I think it's tough for the labels as well, especially with the internet. I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult space. They, how do they continue to exist? And then there's all this tension between contracts and are artists getting ripped off and, mm. you know, is it fake? So that still definitely exists. I think it's a bit more... Talk, talked about with the with the whole internet and digital scene. Mm. I just think the industry's materially changed in ten years. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just it's not what it was, and musicians are ob- obviously always looking out for their best interests. And you've got labels who need to make money. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And where's where's the where's the the happy point when fifty percent of people aren't buying music? They're just yeah, yeah. downloading it. It's, exactly. Uh, there's a very thing. There's a very interesting stats. So I've got a seventeen year old daughter and. Um, she's the first generation that's never going to know the value of music. She's Great, she's yeah. 17. She's never bought an album in her life. She's never bought a CD in her life. She's never bought a tape she in her life. She doesn't need it to, yeah. yeah. You don't need to. You can stream it off your phone. You can download it. Your friends share it with you. Yeah. She may not be going online and downloading torrents, yeah. mm. but she's never paid for a song in her life at the age of 17. Yeah. I think I was buying double wham vinyl LPs yeah. when I was 12. Correct. The first vinyl that I ever bought, oh, I can't, I bought it in my pocket money. I was like eight, was Pop Shop two or pop yeah. shop five or something like that yeah. Yeah. and then we got to cassettes and you had your yeah. walkman it was so cool sure. and now look at us <laughs> we got iphones yeah. <laughs> blake tell me what's what's your take on the music industry why do you do this why did you wake up one day and go i, I want to play music and i want people to 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 listen to what i've got to say yeah um well as i said it's not the usual story growing up so i was more into the sports and all that but 
I did a lot of, you know, I had a lot of hobbies and music was there. I think it was a cool creative outlet. So I did art at school. I, I, you know, the struggling musician, I'm a graphic designer on the side. So that was, I think, mm. always, always in my character, the creative side. And then I think when I first approached it and put out a single and got good response, it's, it's a cool feeling when people comment on the song, you know, makes an impact. It's a, it's an interest, interesting feeling. And then you can do that across the world to someone you have, you know, don't know from a bar of soap. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a cool creative outlet and you can see the impact it has. So. And, and what's, what's the bigger thing for you as a singer songwriter? Is it the music or the words? Oh, I'm a huge fan of lyrics. Eh? Yeah. Um, hmm. The music definitely, I think, can help set a mood. But uh, yeah, I love lyrics. Yeah. Whenever I buy music, I, I tend to read the lyrics first before I actually, you know, sit back and just enjoy the whole song. Mm, okay. Hmm. What's your favorite artist? At the moment, it would have to be Ben Howard. Um, I think that's the type of style I'm into. Ben yeah. Howard is actually he just changed his date. He's supposed to be at Emirates in March. He's changed it to July. Oh, there was a live event that we could have spoken about. <laughs> so Ben Rewind. Howard in July. <laughs> there we go. Throwing forward to July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, just the style, um, lyrically as well. Just really enjoying this, yeah. this stuff at the moment. Cool. Uh, do you want to grab your guitar? Cool. Cause I think we threw at you when you came in that we were going to ask you to just <laughs> yeah. randomly play something without cool. preparing. Cause that's how we roll here at Cliff Central. <laughs> but look at that. Funny enough, Blake brought his guitar. <laughs> How convenient. Uh, it's so convenient. It's so unexpected. That's fine. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah. Okay. No, I was going to say, I was going to, I played the guitar, you know, socially at home and no one else is listening. And, um, I started learning a new song this morning. Do you know there's a band called, uh, Clean Bandit? And they got this song called Rather Be. No, there's, I'd rather be. Rather be. Rather be. Oh. Anyway, it's quite a cool song to, to play on the guitar. That's all I'm. <clears throat> cool. Right, as you were. All right, so Blake Roberts from the Blake Roberts brand is going to throw, not brand, band. band. <laughs> and brand. I quite like brand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was quite good. The Blake Roberts brand. Close brackets. <laughs> He's going to throw something out. Let's see what it sounds cool. like. Let it go now, boy Cause I held on so tight That I nearly lost my soul Escape all your fears And for the hills And meet you there And just run Run, 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 run Just run Run, 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 run Turn around now, boy Cause I went down that road It'll only age your soul Escape all your fears And for the hills And I'll meet you there The 
Just run, 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 run. Just run, 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 run. And I know it's easier to just stay still. Oh, but comfort should never win when it comes up against your will. So just run, just run. That's real. Thank. That's that's our studio audience. That's beautiful, man. Sure. Awesome. That was great. So, um, oh, wow. That was really really cool. <laughs> yeah, it really I'm was. Go, wow. Sure. Time. Um, I, I've never heard someone sing live. Being in a studio, singing live, it's yeah. oh, really cool. Um, what gigs you got coming up? Where are you next? Uh, yeah, Thursday night um, at Steamworks. That's with the mo- the motherland I had headlining oh, yeah, cool. the show. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. And then on the twenty second at Beer House. It's on uh, Vicopin there, and then the 29th at the Four Ways Farmers Market. Brilliant. All right, mm-hmm. so you can uh, hear some more of Blake Roberts at soundcloud.com forward slash Blake Roberts Band or mm. facebook.com forward slash the Blake Roberts Band. That's it, yeah. Yeah. And on Twitter at Blake Rob Band. That's it. Nice mm. one. Good save there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. All right, so what we're going to do, we're gonna, we're gonna, we need to talk some tech, but we're going to ask you to come back at the end of the show. Okay. And do one more song to play us out. Is that okay? Okay, cool. Cool. So Please. about another 15 minutes. That Perfect. Was a, that was amazing. It was really cool. No, it really awesome. was very cool. Thanks, man. Cool. cool. Luck. All right, we're going to uh, take a quick musical interlude while we jiggle the studio around with some uptown fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Go. This is that ice cold Michelle fight for that white gold. This one for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. Silent, wildin', living it up 
Uptown Funk, Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson. You don't get much more feel good than that. Thank you. Yeah, very cool. Um, all right. So, man, how good was Blake Roberts? I'm still a little bit blown away by that. It was really, really, really cool. Really so, uh, yeah, we threw that curveball at him. He's going to come back in and play us out, which I think is absolutely amazing. Anything, cool. Anything to support local artists. Absolutely. In the meantime, Mr. Greer, mm. we need to press on. I'm sort yes. of a press on type of host. <laughs> Not press off. Well, um, so we're talking about tech and tech that's coming up uh, certainly this month uh, that we can look forward to. Uh, first of all, was the launch of the brand new Fitbit Charge, uh, which Core was very decent enough to uh, give me for uh, to review. And uh, the Fitbit uh, kind of rides off the last uh, Fitbit brand, which was the Fitbit Flex, which kind of syncs to your phone. You wear it, it's wearable tech, and it measures how many steps you took, um, how far you ran, your sleeping patterns, etc., all in aid of good health. The new charge, however, now measures your heart rate. So currently, my heart rate, just using the Fitbit, is now 66 beats per minute. Uh, that's what it measures. Uh, you hook it up to your phone, hook it up to your computer, and you can see your daily step count, your calorie intake, um, what your sleep was like last night, um, and just your can I ask health a in general. Can I ask a question? Mm. Does anybody care? Only you. Does anybody really Even there. care about wearable heart rate? Unless you're a triathlete or like a supremo cyclist. I mean, I had a, I'm not going to lie. I had mm. a Fitbit. Mm. It was amazing. Mm. I could push the button and it did like the Knight Rider thing on the front of it. And that was the flex. Correct. Yeah, that was amazing. Showing your, your progress for the course of the day. Yeah? And within three and a half milliseconds, mm. I was bored. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's a fad. Wearable tech in this regard is a fad. What else does it's, it do? Tells the time. So does my watch. Well, this is nice and sleek and it looks really cool and you can run with it and it shows how far you ran and how long it took you to run that distance and um, tells you how you slept the night before for whatever reason Three you and want to know that. And I mean, I haven't stopped yet. There's <laughs> loads more. I just can't think of them all right now. Listen, Fitbit's got 50% of the world's wearable market. So I'm not, I'm not knocking it. Absolutely. Cheap as that's fantastic, actually. I'm not knocking it. I'm just asking, does it have a place in my life? It, They've sold 2.7 million wearable bands in the first quarter mm. of 2014 alone. So what's that? Well, that's look, 12 million units a year. Well, look, I have never worn anything to this effect. I've never had anything that measures my distance, measures how long it took me to run. It is for health fanatics, people who run, who like to walk. Um, and I've never had the opportunity to do that. You don't need to have one if you've got an iPhone or a Samsung and you've got apps that can now measure how fast you walk so my, or how far you walk. So, so will, will who my, wants to run with a phone? Will my iWatch? Okay, well, will my Apple Watch yes. do the same as the Fitbit? It uh, apparently will. We'll find out exactly on the 9th of March when they launch it exactly what it will do. And Apple fanboys the world over. Well, you see, this is my concern is that um, here I've got this beautiful, great Fitbit, but I'm just so scared that when the Apple Watch comes out, I'd rather wear the Apple Watch. Although I don't know if I want to run with the Apple Watch because it'll still be a little cumbersome perhaps. The Fitbit's really nice and sleek. Do you know what the Apple Watch and costs? Lights. I wouldn't want to run with the Apple Watch because I get mugged. <laughs> I think it's still going to retail for four and a half thousand. Take my car, leave the watch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, four and a half, five and a half thousand rand. I think it's going to retail for yeah. um, when it eventually does come to South Africa in April. I presume maybe the end of April. Yeah, global launch same date. I saw. Same yeah. date. So I think we're going to be okay with that. Um, but the nice thing about the Apple Watch is it'll just sync harmoniously with every single other Apple product that you have, which I'm looking forward to because they're, they're capitalist swines like that. They just make everything. 
So integrated. Mm, I cannot wait for the Apple TV, the actual TV. That'll be coming out one of these days very soon. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm convinced about that. I saw that they're going to make a car as well. And a bicycle. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure I'm totally buying into the Apple car thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> Everything integrated. Um, Hashtag, so yeah. you only had one jobs. <laughs> that was quite good, actually. Thank you. Um, neutral Thursday, try the veal. <laughs> so so I, I think my yeah. whole thing is I get I get wearables big. Mm. I do, whether it's a Fitbit or it's, um, I mean, a friend of mine's got the LG um, G3 mm-hmm. with the, the watch. Mm. And it's and I, they had the Samsung Gear as and well. And the tech's, the tech's phenomenal. I mean, I really get that, you know, the, the, the interface of user is great. I just question whether it's, so, I mean, they've already... Um, you know, the TV companies have already admitted that um, 3D TVs are fad and they're moving on to mm. curved TVs. Mm. That's a fad. fad. They're moving yeah. on to high res. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just concerned that, that wearable tech is already over before it's begun. I don't know. I think it's uh, ease of use. I mean, your phone's in your pocket and suddenly someone calls you or someone SMS. You just need to look at your watch and voila. Okay, so Samsung have had a watch out for the 18 gear. months. Yeah. Do you know anyone that's got one and wears one? Well, no, because the gear... I rest Look, my case. Yeah, it's the gear's not great. It doesn't matter. First, early adopters would have bought it. Well, I think Apple might be the turnaround, only because I'm an Apple fan and slightly biased too. I had never noticed that in this conversation. <laughs> no, not once. The subtle undertones. We are certainly hoping. Um, but moving away from wearable tech for a mo, hmm. um, the launch of the S6 uh, happened the other night in a worldwide launch. The new Samsung S6 and the new Samsung S6 Edge. I saw. I saw comments. That's the best. For, it's the best smartphone Samsung have ever made. Apparently. Yeah. Um, we'll wait and see. The S6, however, looks. Frighteningly like the iPhone 6, but we shan't go there. The Edge, however, does sport a brand new curved Edge screen on the one side for ease of use for your sort of like, uh, you know, an Apple at the bottom, you've got your shortcut menu, yeah. similar to that on the Edge. Isn't the Edge double glass though? Isn't it basically going into where iPhones were two years ago that you touch, you sneeze on it, it breaks? <laughs> Something along those lines, I think. Um, I'd don't, I haven't reviewed the S6 yet. I'm looking forward to reviewing the S6 and hoping to come up with some amazing um, things. I know certain things have changed. For example, the camera is unbelievable on the S6. Uh, what else? There's built-in wireless charging, which is, uh, I think, happening across the board now. I think the iPhone 6 Plus that will be coming out in the year will also support uh, wireless charging. We just need to get wireless chargers, that's all. LG have had wireless charging for two years already. Sure. The, the G3 and the Flex are standard with wireless out of the box. Just saying. The Flex, yep. the new Flex comes with yep. wireless charging, yeah. Um Let's see. Press cameras. I, I, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose my point is is from a tech perspective. If you if you're an Android buff mm. and you've lived in Android, you're pretty much and you've had a Samsung. You're gonna buy mm. another Samsung. Well, absolutely, because it's a completely different operating system. If you're if you're Apple and everything syncs yes. and and it's amazing, why would you want to change? You're gonna stay with Apple. Absolutely. I'm not sure that people have got that much affinity one way or the other anymore. And I do mm. think that the the two horse race is very much, unfortunately. Samsung and Apple, although Samsung mm-hmm. sales are decreasing. Funny enough, um, I was reading an article the other day that um, Samsung spent more on marketing than they did in R and D. So when they were launching when they were launching the phones, they actually skewed their budget. So they were spending more on R and uh, more on marketing, marketing than they were mm-hmm. on R and D for the first time ever in their history as a company. Well, look, so they were effectively buying market share. Yeah. Well, you know, from a developmental point of view, um, the screen can only get so big. The screen yeah. can only get so high resolution. Um, the functionality of a phone can only get so much before it starts becoming ridiculously expensive. Yeah. The cameras can only go so far, as far as I'm concerned, before it becomes ridiculously expensive. As technology uh, moves on, then sure, the cameras can come down in price. The, the glass they're using, the Gorilla Glass, I mean, they're using iPhone 6 as the S6. 
I don't know. Wireless charging. What else? Battery. Maybe they can improve on the battery life but of we, these smartphones. But we do have a strange emotional connection to our to our fans. We have of a course. we have a phenomenal phenomenal um, uh, emotional Loyalty. resonance mm. to the brand of phone that we use, and it's mm. very funny because it doesn't carry through into TVs necessarily. Mm. I don't know anybody that's as fashionate fashionate. Yep. I don't have made that word up. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know anybody that's as passionate about mm. um, having a Sony TV on the wall instead no. of a Samsung yeah, than they true. are about having an Apple iPhone as opposed to mm. an LG or a Samsung or a Huawei or an HTC. Well, I think, well, because your TVs aren't really seen by everybody else, but your smartphones are it's seen every day by members of the public. There's a certain image that you want to portray every day. I'm an Apple user. I'm an Apple fan. You're a Samsung, for example, fan. But I think there's a certain part of you that wants to show other people that that's who you support. Where, so it's an image. It's a brand. Where would Apple be? This is hypothetical. Yes. Where would Apple be if it hadn't made a phone? So it's core products. What its core products were? Laptops, iMacs. Where would it be without the iPhone? Without the iPhone? Yeah. They'd still be making iPods. Would would, would they be as, as, as cool, do you no, think? No, of course not. I don't think so at all. No, they had to move into the yeah. phone market. I think they did, yeah. All right, so in March we got mm. the the launch announcement of the Apple Watch. Apple Watch with shipping dates probably into April, we believe. Correct. We've got the Fitbit Flex. Uh, oh, Fitbit Charge. Sorry, Fitbit Charge. Which is now on the shelves, yeah, just recently launched. Cool. Uh, what else have we got in March? That's all I've really got. Okay. For now. Yeah. That's cool. April's a new month. You know, really. First first, uh, first Tuesday of next month we'll, we'll talk more. <laughs> All right, so this was the Good News Network on Cliff Central. I wasn't Brent, and that wasn't Brent either. Yes, I'm Jason. It's been fun. I've got to say we've had a good time. It has been good, and it's as always, time has flown by. You're a brilliant uh, host, stand-in host. What do you call it? I'm I'm Brent's body double. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, but that's the point. You know the the old adage, time flies when you're having fun. It really Mm. does. Mm. And um, the whole, I mean, obviously we're busy doing the wrap-up now on the Rack nominations for 2015 mm-hmm. and having a look at Rack 15 and the way that that's gone down. Jeez. And it's remarkable to see how, irrespective of prior knowledge of the campaign last year, uh, exactly what's going on around the world. And mm-hmm. the genuine truth is that, is that good news does spread like wildfire. Absolutely. Um, I think the only thing that spreads faster than good news is good music? Is bad news. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was your segue. No, no, I haven't got there yet. Oh, I'm right, still okay. linking. <laughs> Relax. I haven't got to Blake yet. I'm still linking to Blake. Right. Um, yeah, it was, that's a, it's a really interesting phenomenon if you watch the way that, um, the way that, that social media and the world is generally consuming and talking about content. And it's just so cool to see good news spreading mm. so fast and people genuinely wanting to get involved. Yeah. The days of slacktivism are over. Mm-hmm. That's my philosophy in good. life right now. I agree. Cool. All right. So we are at the end of the good news network. Uh, Brent is going to be back with you next week. Um, he was really, really gutted about not being here, but, uh, we promised that we would do our best not to trash his reputable name. And, uh, <laughs> we haven't been kicked out of the studio in 55 minutes. So I think we're doing okay there. We did well, I think. Um, so I think all that is left for me to do is Jason M. Greer on Twitter. Thank you very much for coming through. Thank you very much, Andrew at mad dog underscore SA. Mad dog underscore SA. <laughs> and, um, I won't be back next week. You're back in a month's time. Brent's back in the studio next week, and to play us at, I really couldn't think of anything better at the end of the Good News Network than another song from Blake Roberts, so take it away. Cool. Thanks for having me.
Cliffcentral.com 